good coffee, everybody. Hey, it's time for some morning coffee with Larry, and I'm glad that you are here to join with me today because it's a Friday. Yay! I love Fridays. It just means we get to spend time this weekend doing all kinds of fun things on the farm, and work doesn't get in the way of work. <laughs> Oh, today is October 16th. We are on the up. What is it? I was trying to think there was an old term that was used with DJs. You're, you know, it's uh, it's uh, 735 on the upswing of eight or something like that. Well, we are on the upswing of the next month. We are in the downhill slide of October. <laughs> Oh, but anyway, uh, glad that you are here. I've got my cup of coffee. It tastes good. It's fresh and hot. Mm, just love that. Just love that. Well, uh, I'm trying to think, what are the main things that's going to be happening this weekend? I'm obviously not going to be doing any mowing since I broke the mower last weekend. <laughs> Actually, I didn't. It just broke. Um, but uh no, one of the big things that uh, we have to do here, and uh, uh, I've got some uh, some wood that's going to be arriving this evening, and then my job is to uh, tomorrow get four chicken crates made. Uh, we have four chicken crates whenever we have birds that we're taking to processing. We put them in the crates. But this time we have more birds being raised than we ever have before at one time so uh we uh we need four more crates so uh, picked out the materials and the materials list and uh this weekend uh gonna try to do some some efficient assembly line work putting together the crates uh because this coming what is it wednesday whatever the 21st is uh is the day that our chickens uh, they, they fly the coop. So, <laughs> so I've got to get that done. We've got a few other things on our big list. Uh, my wife has knocked out a lot of things on the list and I am so very proud of her for that. Uh, need to, uh, uh move some implements, uh, from behind the machine shed. Cause I'd like to put some rock back there and store it on rock rather than, stored on uh, soil where and, and sod where it just sinks in <coughs> over time. So we need to get some rock back there and uh, get that area going. Well, tell you what, let's jump into our uh, uh, devotional today, Calling Jesus, uh, Enjoying Peace uh, in His Presence by Sarah Young. And uh, for those of you who have your own copy uh, that you're following along with, we are on January 16th. So it, uh, it goes this way. Come to me and rest in my loving presence. You know that this day will bring difficulties. And you are trying to think your way through those trials. As you anticipate what is ahead of you, you forget that I am with you now and always. Rehearsing your troubles results in experiencing them many times, whereas you are meant to go through them only when they actually occur. 
Do not multiply your suffering in this way. Instead, come to me and relax in my peace. I will strengthen you and prepare you for this day, transforming your fear into confident trust. How many of you do that? You got something big coming up, something bad coming up, some sort of a struggle, some sort of thing you don't want to have to deal with. Maybe you're a person who doesn't like any kind of confrontation. You're much more of a peacemaker kind of person. And you know you've got to deal with something. And you practice it ahead of time. Yep, I'm raising my hand. I am thoroughly guilty of that. I want it to go as well as possible. So I try to come up with every possible combination of, of ways that it could go and try to practice that. Guess what? <laughs> it never goes the way that I prepped. So how effective was that? Maybe I'm just trying to convince myself that I'm right and whoever it is I'm going to be dealing with is wrong. I don't know. I haven't heard their side to even know if they're wrong or understand their reasoning on it. I'm just assuming that that's the case. But yeah, how many of you do that? That this is the thing that, that happens for a lot of people that, that struggle with traumas from the past. Their experience was so horrific, their experience was so overwhelming that they don't want to ever be caught in that level of vulnerability again. So they just rehearse over and over and over again in their head how all different possible bad scenarios could go. People, when, when, when you're doing this, how many of you are actually planning out or rehearsing where it goes beautifully? Or are you always thinking about the bad things? Thus, when it doesn't happen, you, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's almost like, you know, have you ever used that logic of, you know, prepare for the worst and hope for the best? Yeah, it kind of makes sense. We've all heard that. But when you prepare for the worst, you're experiencing in your mind the worst over and over and over again. What do you, where do you think uh, a lot of people get pessimistic points of view? Some of them get it from doing just this, rehearsing the worst case scenario over and over and over again. Why not, why not anticipate the most likely scenario or a good scenario? And do we really benefit or need to practice it in the first place? What if we just deal with it as it comes and instead take all that extra time and use it on something really effective and productive? Let's get into this, this uh, devotion one line at a time. Come to me and rest in my loving presence. Yeah. That's the starting place. The starting place is coming to Jesus and resting in the fact that he loves us unconditionally. He loved us while we were yet unsaved sinners. He loves us. 
You know that this day will bring difficulties. Well, guess what? Every day brings difficulties. Some days bring great difficulties. Some days bring mild ones. But every day brings difficulties. So you know the day will bring difficulties, and you're trying to think your way through the trials. As you anticipate what's ahead of you, you forget, I am with you. Yeah, he's with us. The God of the universe is with us. Why be distressed? Why be overwhelmed? Why feel alone? Why, why believe you have to trust your own rehearsals of what could possibly happen? rather than trusting him. You forget that I am with you now and always. Yeah. We need to remember these things. Rehearsing your troubles results in experiencing them many times. Well, that's true. Well, I'm just thinking about it. I'm not actually doing it. Well, your brain doesn't necessarily know that. Your brain, many areas of your brain, when you think about something, it believes it's happening because your body will react to it as if it is happening. Here's a simple experiment. I used to do this in my psychology class that I used to teach at Lakeland College. And uh, I would have uh, my students close their eyes and uh, just kind of put everything out of their head and then just follow what I say. And so I would describe for them something and they were to think about it as if it was happening, as if they were doing it. And I would tell them, I want you to take out of a basket a nice, beautiful yellow lemon and then pick up the kitchen knife and I want you to cut that lemon in half. And then I want you to smell it. I want you to smell that lemon. Now I want you to take one of the two parts and I want you to cut it into a wedge, a lemon wedge. And I want you to look at it, hold it in your hands, smell it. Now I want you to open up your mouth and I want you to Bite into that lemon wedge on the count of three. One, two, three. Bite into that lemon wedge. And then open your eyes. And they couldn't see what I was able to see. But I could see facial expressions as if they were actually biting the lemon wedge. And I asked him, is your mouth watering? A hundred percent of the students said their mouth was watering just by listening to my words and there was not a lemon in the room. How many of you listening to me describe this had your mouth watering? Because just telling this to you, my mouth is watering right now. And I was just speaking the words. That is an example of how our mind believes 
what we think. So if you're rehearsing all the possible scenarios and rehearsing and rehearsing, dealing with these troubles many, many times, guess what? Just like with the lemon wedge, your mind is reacting, thus your body is reacting as if you were actually going through it. There's a little thing called mirror neurons. We've just recently discovered uh, in the field of neuroscience, and it plays a part in us experiencing things uh, virtually, I guess you could say. We see somebody else going through it, and our mind reacts as if we are. So if we're thinking about something, if we're rehearsing, you know, rehearsing your troubles results in experiencing them many times, whereas you are meant to go through them only when they actually occur. <clears throat> you see, the troubles are bad enough just going through them once. And Jesus has promised that he will be there with us as we go through all of these troubles of life. Why are we adding more troubles by like a magnitude of 10? Because I bet you whenever you've got something coming up, you're going through it at least 10 times. Some of you more. Do not multiply your suffering in this way. So what are we supposed to do? Instead, come to me and relax in my peace. I will strengthen you and prepare you for this day, transforming your fear into confident trust. I don't know if any of you have had to go to court for something unpleasant. But if you go to court, hopefully you have an attorney. And I know from talking with lots of people who have had these kind of situations that they have been going through, that a common thing they want to do is call up and talk to the attorney over and over again about the strategy, about the plan, about you know how it's going to take place. Because they're sitting there going through this in their head and thinking about every bad outcome that could happen. Now, attorneys are pretty busy people, and uh, they charge a pretty hefty sum. And unless you have, you know, a humongous amount of money that you want to throw at them, they, they really don't want to go over all the possibilities with you over and over again. They will tell you, more than likely, we've got this. I know what you've shared with me. I know the different things. I'm an attorney. I do this for a living. I don't need to rehearse the different things with you weeks or months before we go to trial. There's a process. You just stick with me. And whenever we need to, I'll go over things with you. I'll take you one step at a time. But I've got other clients I'm working with, and you're not my only one. So just kind of chill out. Now, how does that compare with what 
you know, we're seeing here? Well, there's one strong exception. Uh, yes, God deals with everybody. But he's God and he can actually do that all at one time. He's not like us. He's not telling us, you know, don't bother me. Uh, he's not telling us that he has to deal with other people before he comes to me. When he's saying, don't multiply your suffering this way. Instead, come to me and rest in my peace. He's saying, trust me. I'm here for you. We'll take care of it, and I'll give you what you need to know and what you need to do one moment at a time. Because I don't want you overwhelmed. And I don't want you doing things that causes you unnecessary suffering. There's a time and a place, and I will be with you then as well. I will strengthen you and prepare you for this day, transforming your fear into confident trust. You see, if you've got a good attorney and you, you, you trust them, the, the attorney is going to prep you for the day. He doesn't need to prep you over and over and over and over and over and over again as you go through scenarios. No. He'll prep us for the day. So what we need to do is just rest in his peace, grow in trust, stay close to him, and take care of the things that he's giving us in that day. There's things that happen each and every day that's important to deal with that day. We don't need to borrow troubles from the future. Just take care of the things that God is giving us today. All right, let me pop on my eyes so I can see the computer screen now. And we've got a couple of Bible verses. The first is Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 and 30. And uh, this is from uh, the English Standard Version. And it says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. First of all, What's he talking about when he says yoke? Is he talking about, is God talking about the yolk of an egg? No. A yoke is a piece of farming equipment from days gone by. Uh, we actually have a yoke uh, that has been passed down in the family. Uh, a yoke is that big wooden bar that goes across uh, the necks of work animals. They may be horses, they may be mules, uh, but most often in the old days they were used with oxen. And you had this carved beam that would sit across a team of oxen. And then you had uh, these ox bows, these bows that hung down below making the letter U, and they would fit into 
the the big yoke across the top so that would help keep the animal's neck where it should be and whenever they would pull um you know an implement a plow for example there was a big metal loop that hung down from the center and that's what you would hook the chain the implement to and so you had one ox on each side of this yoke and whenever they would pull the yoke would put the pressure onto the shoulders of the animal and then they could be much more effective you see without a yoke you're trying to attach something to that animal in a way that's not going to be comfortable to the animal think of it like a backpack you wear a backpack because it takes the different items you're wanting to carry and it puts it, you know, in a, uh, in all in a bag. Now, there's a couple of different types of backpacks. The type of backpacks that most people see are sold at Walmart. And they're school backpacks. And they have no framework in them whatsoever. They just hang from your shoulders. And if you've got a heavy load, that's not comfortable. But if you go with a an actual backpacking pack, then you have this framework and it has a hip belt. And the hip belt goes around your waist, they're padded, and it allows the frame to rest on your hips. So if you're wearing it right, you can take your fingers and put it uh, on top of your shoulders and the straps aren't even really touching your shoulders. Those straps are just to keep it from falling forward or falling backwards. It transfers all the weight to your hips. That's what this yoke does, an ox yoke. Transfers the pull, the, the, the weight of the load that the animals are pulling onto the shoulders and it makes it easy. It makes it easy for those animals. They can work all day. So. When we look here at this, come to me, all who, are, who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You see, again, Typical animal yoke was for two animals. Now imagine if you're taking on the yoke of Jesus, he's in one side and you're in the other. And even though he's God and you are not, he's not going to act in an unequal way with you because he says, I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest in your souls. Can you imagine if you took a horse and yoked it with a goat? They're totally unequal. And that horse is going to want to do, you know, what it's trained to do. And the goat can't even keep up, can't even reach up to it. That's how it would be if it wasn't for the fact that Christ is saying, take on my yoke. I'm gentle. I'm lowly in heart. You will find rest. 
My yoke is easy. My burden is light. See, imagine being yoked to him and going through what you're going through day by day. You've got him with you. You can talk to him. He can guide. He says, uh, uh, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. When you're that close to Jesus and you're, you're going through the daily challenges that day, he's teaching you. You're learning from him. You're learning that, hey, I can face these challenges because he is with me. And this yoke makes my burden light. I love that. I love that. The second is from Joshua chapter 1. And it's right at the start. It's two separated verses, 5 and 9. And basically, this section starts, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, he was Moses' assistant. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving you to the people of Israel. So here's here's what's laid out. Moses died. Now it's up to Joshua to lead all of Israel, to take them into the promised land. That's a very you know overwhelming task. That has to be a very overwhelming task. And so in verse 5, this is what God tells him. Now he's telling specifically to Joshua, but I think we can also find a way where this does apply to us accurately. He says, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I was with Moses so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. So he's telling him that he's going to be with him, just like he was with Moses. And as a result, no one's going to be able to stand against you because, you see, he's telling him what he's going to do. If we go back a little bit, uh, to uh, you know, just a verse or so before, God is telling him, every place that your soul on your foot will tread upon, I have given to you just as I promised Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, and all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea towards uh, the going down of the sun shall be your territory. So he has laid out, this is what I'm giving Israel. You are to lead them there. This is my will. And as long as uh, uh, Joshua stays in God's will and does what God wants, he's promising him, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, I will be also with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. As long as we are inside God's will, if we are yoked with Jesus and letting him guide us, then guess what? I think that promise also applies to us. If we jump down to verse 9, have I not commanded you? So he's given him a command. God's saying to Joshua, have I not commanded you? 
I have given you this task. This is my will. Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. What are the desires of God? What are the things that we know clearly are in his will? We can find those things through the Bible very clearly as we face the the challenges and the opportunities of every day. When we understand as best we are able, as best we are allowed to understand by the working of the Holy Spirit, guess what? When we see things that fall in line and we then step forward in that, I believe that applies to us as well. We can be strong and courageous. We do not have to be frightened. We do not have to be dismayed. Because the Lord our God is going to be with each of us wherever we go. If we step outside of God's will, guess what? God will let us know that too. He sometimes pulls back his peace to get our attention when we are doing something outside of his will. And that may not necessarily be a sin. It may be, this is not what I want you to do. You've gotten off the path. A little bit like uh, Jonah. You're you're not going where I want you to go. So I'm going to get your attention, and we're going to try this a second time. All right, everybody, that's it for today. I hope you are enjoying and are gaining from uh, our... uh, our little uh, devotionals here. I'm enjoying doing them, and I can tell they are definitely changing my daily mindset. They're they're changing how I look at things. So I hope the same is for you. Have a great day. Take care. Bye bye.